You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Rain. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Everybody, this is Mission Lab once again, and I am here solo without Camille. Uh, another episode where I'm interviewing a new friend of mine, and I'll introduce him in a second. But I am here once again at Andrews University, where I am attending and presenting at a conference on reaching millennials. So I'm here in rainy Michigan, and uh, I have made a new friend who hails from Frankfurt, Germany, of all places, a place I have been actually before when I was like... 11 years old. So I like the city of Frankfurt. Not originally from Frankfurt, but I'll let him share a little bit more about his background. So his name is Simret Mahadi. I said that right, right? Okay. So tell me a little bit more just about your background, where you originally are from, how you made it to Germany, and then we'll go on from there. Thanks for having me, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm from Addis Ababa originally. That's the capital of Ethiopia. That's where I was born and raised. And since um, f- uh, I was 15 years old, I've been living in Germany, which is many, many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm practically an, a German-Ethiopian or an Ethiopian-German, however you uh, you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, you settled, your family settled in Frankfurt originally, or where did you originally emigrate to? Uh, originally, I went to Nuremberg. It's a okay. city yeah. in, in Bavaria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from there, I took it to Austria where I studied theology and back to Germany where I did my graduate studies in theology. And uh, for the past 10, 12 years, I've been in the Frankfurt area, one can say, right? Uh, Ministering uh, in this area. So so what's it been like uh, just from a a personal experience transitioning from Ethiopia to Germany? I mean, how has that transitioned for you? Well, uh, the the greatest surprise was the snow, right? (laughs) I had never seen snow in my life, right? That was like, ah, right? But besides that, uh, many of the things that I did in Addis were similar to to that, like we're living in a very Mm. modern world, right? Mm. Perhaps the other challenge initially was the language, right? Mm. German sounded really really, how do you say, intimidating when I heard it. And I thought I would never get into this language. (laughs) But, you know, eventually I got into it that it became the language which I speak best probably. Ah, Mm -hmm. So, but as far as culturally and sociologically, um, you found it to be an accepting society to someone from Ethiopia? Well, uh, it depends on the context in which I moved, right? In terms of how people relate to each other, how they do conversations, what they talk about. Uh, There are uh, differences, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, Germany seems to be a more, the Germans seem to be more reserved, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, But ultimately, when you get into it, you notice, you know, you can you can connect, especially when you speak the language, which is very very important in Germany, mm-hmm. and get into it, then you you can you can get along. But there are definitely mm-hmm. differences, not only between Germany and Ethiopia, 
but even between Germany and France, which are, you know, <laughs> neighbors. Uh, pretty much neighbors, right? Yeah. So, huh. yeah, so you have differences and similarities, and you mm -hmm. try to cope and get into it, and yeah. I got into it. Yeah. So you, you, get a, you get a bachelor's in theology, you get a master's in theology, and you went into pastoring out of, out of that education. Um, and so you've been pastoring for how long now? I've been a pastor for over 11 years now, mm. uh, initially in, a, in a, an, an academy, Adventist Academy church setting as a youth pastor, mm -hmm. and in an uh, English-speaking international church mm. uh, in a city called Darmstadt, which mm. is around Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. uh, and from there on, I moved on to Frankfurt some uh, four years ago mm -hmm. to start up a cultural center, which I'm, which I'm running in the city of Frankfurt. Okay, so now we've come to this this uh, this uh, ministry that you're doing. Uh, you've been here presenting at this at this conference. I unfortunately did not get to go to your presentation. I'm sorry, deeply sorry, Simret. Um, we're here in the seminary building. Maybe people can hear the music playing behind us. Um, so tell us about this cultural center. What is that? What does that mean? What are you doing? So the idea is uh, with the Presence Culture Lounge, that's what it's called, Presence Cultural Lounge, is uh, to get people together who come from diverse cultural or religious backgrounds and to create a space where they can experience uh, culture and encounter each other and learn from each other and be inspired. And uh, when I speak about culture, I mean things like literature readings, poetry nights, movie watching and discussing art exhibitions and discussing about the pieces of art that are presented mm -hmm. uh, or music or cooking together mm -hmm. of, uh, or presentation seminars about different issues that matter about life or about different worldviews. So it's kind of a holistic approach to cultural activities which are offered there, mm -hmm. which, uh, uh, which serve as a platform for people to get together and learn from each other and based on those cultural activities uh, form friendships and uh, good relationships on which more profound conversations mm -hmm. can be built. But mm -hmm. yeah, the basic idea is utilizing culture as a way of learning and inspiration uh, and as a way of getting people uh, together and reflect about the things that matter mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. So how did, how did this idea come about? When did it come about? How did it develop? And, and uh, tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah. Well, it comes from different uh, streamlines. Uh, perhaps one stream would be friends of mine and I really loving reading books and talking about them mm -hmm. or you know, watching movies and we would talk about a movie that we watched if it was profound for hours, right? Mm -hmm. Or we would see how religion or spirituality is put out there in different literature or in movies in the public sphere, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not just within the walls of a church. And that's really fascinated us. And, and we thought, you know, we need this kind, kind of a platform where uh, we offer to people what we actually enjoy doing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because when we read a book and or watch a movie or a piece of art, mm -hmm. and if it inspires us so much, and if we see that these things inspire other people as well, but there are not many platforms where 
people can deliberately channel those experiences in actual conversations or mm -hmm. interpersonal encounters. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be great to have a place like that, right? And uh, so that was one line of uh, thinking, right? Mm -hmm. The other stream which was important in the, in the making of Presence Culture Lounge is, is my basic understanding about spirituality. I understand spirituality to be something which is co-shared by all humanity, mm -hmm. irrespective of where people come from in terms of their cultural, religious, and so forth backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Because God has created us in his image, we breathe his breath, right? Mm -hmm. And we are creative to live in this world. And as such, there is not a dichotomy between the physical worldly life and the spiritual life, right? Mm -hmm. We create those compartments, yeah. Mm -hmm. But an awareness that the human experience is, per definition, a spiritual experience mm -hmm. led me to a place to say, if that is the case, then everybody can contribute and everybody can learn from everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And in that setting, and that's the third streamline of the story, mm -hmm. I believe that the biblical and Adventist story has really unique contributions to make mm -hmm. in, in society, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But uh, which, are, which is really enhancing to, to the human experience. And the idea was to to, to, to ground that in the context of co-sharing mm -hmm. as, as that being a place which is developed for, you know, to, to share mm -hmm. our story as mm -hmm. well, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how d presence eventually yeah. developed uh, by creating that wow. uh, space. So yeah. we opened up some three years ago, okay. right? And we have a team of some five people. Um, uh, like two of them are uh, not from our uh, tradition. We mm -hmm. come from different traditions, but we we co-share our humanity. We celebrate it, and in that context, we mm -hmm. we learn from each other mm -hmm. and grow together. Good. So, um, for those listening, you might notice difference of sound that just developed because we were booted out of the room we were in uh, to set up for uh, a seminar. Um, but um, so. Tell me, um, where, Simrat, where do you meet? What's the location of this? Or do you, like, do you have a building or do you have a, a space or something? Yeah, we have rented rooms uh, in the midst of Frankfurt. And that room is rent by the uh, Germ uh, German Adventist Church, okay. the, the local conference. Mm -hmm. So it's a setting which is run by the church. It's a neutral building and neutral, neutral rooms. Some the three rooms where we do the activities. Mm -hmm. So when people come to us, everybody hears as well who is the one running, uh, running it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So people hear that the cultural center is run by the Seventh Day Adventist Church. That's the first thing that they hear. Mm -hmm. And many of the people that come to us come from really various uh, traditions and backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, besides what we do, which is the the heart of it all. Uh, I also noticed that it's a good way that people become aware that uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church exists mm -hmm. and contributes mm -hmm. to society. Because mm -hmm. in the context of Germany, we are a very small uh, church. Mm -hmm. Not many people even know that uh, yeah. we actually exist. So <laughs> that way, people here, yeah. you know, there are these Christian friends from the Seventh-day Adventist Church who contribute mm -hmm. to, to society. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so, so, so how, yeah. Would, how would a person, like you have 
you're holding some event, um, how would a person know that this is going on? I mean, you send out, you have flyers, you have just word of mouth. What, what's, the, what's the arrangement there? Yeah, like word of mouth, flyers, newsletters, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and growingly through friendships as well, mm-hmm. through, you know, mm-hmm. when we bring along friends. And one aspect which is important not only in terms of how we reach people, but what makes us who we are mm-hmm. is that uh, we have the philosophy of saying, come and share with us what you have, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. it's art or poetry or music or cuisine, mm-hmm. share with us. And if you invite people to share with you what they have, uh, that puts them in a place of uh, power and strength because mm-hmm. they have something to contribute, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it puts you in a place of being uh, a, re- a recipient you can mm-hmm. you can learn and you can you can learn you can grow but that way you reach the people who are the givers as well because many times they would bring along their friends you know mm-hmm. i'm doing this art exhibition you do you want to come over or i'm doing music there do you want to come over so that way we get to know the people that come from those who who share mm-hmm. their contributions mm-hmm. with us, right? Mm-hmm. And then you take it from there, you get to know new people. So through this mutual sharing yeah. uh, experience, yeah. you reach out to, to, to people yeah. easier than if you just, you know. If you're um, the one always in charge and I'm teaching you and, you know, I'm the person of authority and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a posture of, of, um, of service. It's a posture of, of placing yourself subservient to others. And I think here in the U.S., I'm sure in Germany, which for our listeners who may not know, who need it spelled out, Germany is a very secular place. I mean, you know, more secular than the United States, obviously, more secular than where I come from, which is the most secular part of the U.S. But um, do you have any sense for statistics, like how many what percentage of the population would attend church, so to speak, on a given weekend in Germany? Do you know, is it 5%, 10%, something like that? Well, I don't have the numbers, yeah. but not not many, yeah. right? The two major Christian traditions are the uh, Catholic and the evangelical, or uh, Lutheran, Lutheran, I should say, yeah. t- traditions. And besides that, there is a very big uh, Muslim uh, community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when it comes to the Christian churches, not only for the big churches, but for, for other communities as well, they go through the challenge that not many come uh, mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, at the same time, there, there is this Christian tradition of which the country or many people mm-hmm. are aware. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, in, in, in terms of uh, ethics, in terms of uh, how the culture is impacted. You see it in the, in the churches, in the museums, and in the many metaphors which are even used in the language. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. There is this profound s- sense in Germany of having been impacted by the Jewish Christian uh, mm-hmm. tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So there might have been a time when uh, where there was a very critical view towards Christianity as such and a certain distancing Mm -hmm. uh, oneself from the Christian tradition. But what I perceive in the past uh, years is Mm -hmm. a more embracing Mm -hmm. approach, right? Mm -hmm. So people would say, 
I might not be a Christian, I might not go to church, but I'm aware that my culture and my thinking is very much impacted by the Judeo-Christian uh, mm -hmm. tradition. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, I think people see more and more how large the contribution of the churches are uh, for society. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So where it becomes very, very visible is, for example, when it comes to caring for refugees. Yeah, we have mm -hmm. many refugees coming from different places, going through tough times, mm -hmm. and their churches are very foremost when it comes to mm -hmm. uh, caring good. for, for yeah. these people, right, That's and good. voicing uh, mm -hmm. giving a voice to those who are voiceless. Mm -hmm. So that does not go unnoticed in, mm -hmm. in society. So there is a more embracing approach to, mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to Christianity yeah. than in past times where yeah. the distance was, was greater. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you highlighting that because I, I wasn't aware of that shift and that's, that's good to hear. Um, so you've been doing this for three years. Uh, you must have some um, moments that stand out to you or, or, and you know, you don't have to get into names or, or specifics or whatever, but, um, you know, anything that stands out that, that is highlighted in your mind of people slowly coming along or, or, you know, learning things that have been helpful for them. What stands out most for me are the friendships which have been formed through this experience in the course of the past uh, three years where I could say that through the people in the team, like two of the persons who are part of the team, we met through the Presence Cultural Lounge, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. One is uh, a curator. She works with artists to, to, to present their, their, their art pieces. And she's, in fact, the one who came to Presence and asked whether we can work together. And we said, sure, let's do that. Mm -hmm. And she became part of the team, and she organizes the art exhibitions in the Cultural Lounge, and we channel those exhibitions in a way that we speak about or, or have a discussion about the pictures, right? Mm -hmm. But what formed is a very good friendship, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, mm -hmm. with that person. And a further person who's a musician, who's part of the team. Mm -hmm. uh, and I could name others as well who are mm -hmm. participants or who have been contributing with, their, with what they had, mm -hmm. be it uh, music or art or religion, in the Cultural Lounge, where friendships have formed which have created a bond and an ongoing conversation and, mm -hmm. and, and relationship in which I'm learning a lot mm -hmm. and, and vice versa, yeah. I, would, I, yeah. I would say. So that's what I yeah. cherish most, the yeah. friendships that have been built. Yeah. I'm sure, like myself, you might get, well, maybe it's different in, in the German Adventist context, I, I'm not real familiar with it, but you might get people who might say, you have to be more overt and, you know, direct with your evangelism. Um, and, you know, conversation is nice, but we need to be having direct appeals and, and trying to give people Bible studies. And, you know, I, like I said, I get some people saying that with the things that we're trying to do. H how do you respond to that sort of, and, you know, of course, the next thing they'll ask is, well, how many people have you baptized? You know, this type of thing. Mm. Uh, so, you know, how do you interact and respond to those types of 
remarks. Mm. Well, I think the context defines what is, should be expected of, of mm. what is done there, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when a Christian church holds an evangelistic meeting, the context defines what is to be expected there, mm. right? What we're running here is a cultural center for all people from different various backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. And that pretty much defines of what, what we are about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, in that context of, of mutual sharing, it is a very natural thing that we share our story, mm -hmm. our biblical story, or, or the story of the Messiah who is dear to us or who is dear to me, right? Mm -hmm. And as, as, as such, these conversations or this mutual learning takes place. And even beyond that, a format that we have started a year ago is called Soul Words. Hmm. That's a format where we'd have Bible readings in the context of that cultural center, right? Mm -hmm. Where we invite people to listen to the texts of the Bible from a literary and a personal perspective. We had Psalm readings and Job readings and mm -hmm. Isaiah readings mm -hmm. where we expose the community in Frankfurt or those who come to those biblical texts so that they have an encounter with those for many alien texts, mm -hmm. so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And based on those experiences, uh, we have follow-up programs as well where we study the Bible together, mm -hmm. right? So it's about putting religion in the public scene, in the public context, mm -hmm. and having the conversations and the learning experiences there, which of course, uh, naturally uh, includes what, what, what we are about. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So two things, the setting defines what you do. Mm -hmm. We are a cultural center. And secondly, in the context of our setting, because of our holistic approach, spirituality or worldviews are something which we deal with naturally. Mm -hmm. And as such, in a very natural way, we deal with the, uh, with the biblical stories as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. yeah, I think most, um, Christians, or very specifically within our Seventh-day Adventist context, I, I find very few people who really understand the reality of our post-Christian culture. So they don't, they don't understand just how steeped in the post-Christian view the West is. So they don't understand that, first of all. And then most assuredly, they don't understand how to enter into that context. And so the idea that I might not come to somebody with my Bible in my hand and say, hey, did you know that, you know, Exodus 20 verse 8 says the seventh day is the Sabbath. It's like they have a hard time just even comprehending that that type of approach is not going to connect with people. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know you've, you've figured that out, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think established language mm. or codes within different communities is something natural, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just in the Christian Adventist context, you'd have it in different religious contexts, in Muslim contexts, in other Christian uh, contexts, mm -hmm. where people in a group establish a certain code of languages of mutual understanding which is built up in the course of many, many years, which are only understandable for those in that circle, right? Mm -hmm. So many groups have a challenge in reaching out to others and making themselves understandable, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where I think that the biblical story comes in and says, put yourself 
in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where mm -hmm. you should make yourself audible and understandable and, and, and speakable and encounterable, mm -hmm. so to speak, mm -hmm. right? So I would agree with you that is something that we need to learn and we need to be aware of that we don't have a spiritual ghetto or a church or a mm -hmm. group ghetto, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but that we put ourselves out there mm -hmm. and be part of the world and in the context of the world we live in, experience God and the power of the biblical stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if you heard, I'm assuming you were, you attended the um, seminars with James Emery White. Did you hear all of his presentations? He did an interesting uh, experiment where he was tapping on the pulpit. Did you hear that part? And this is an awesome illustration. So he was tapping the, the, the beats to a song and he asked all of us to listen to try to figure out what the song was. And I thought it was the Star-Spangled Banner, the United States <laughs> National Anthem. And much to everyone's surprise, it was Happy Birthday. And um, he's like, how many of you knew that that was Happy Birthday? And nobody knew, I don't think, really got, got the, uh, the song. And he said he said in an experiment where they did this at Stanford or something like that. And they discovered that, what, like three out of 100 people or something like that could identify the song. Mm -hmm. But the person doing it, they were convinced, this is so obvious, and everyone's going to get this, and they all know exactly what I'm doing. And it was just a very revealing, he said, the reality is we think people know what we're saying, and we think they know our language, but they don't hear what's going on in our head, and they don't have the the framework or the presuppositions that we do. They don't have the, the paradigm that we do. And so we need to learn the language. Mm -hmm. We need to learn the culture. We need to learn what they speaks to them and, and, and the things that are of value and the worldview and all that. Um, and we have to do the hard work. The other thing he said was, and I'm interviewing you, but I'm now preaching, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Weird dialogue. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the other thing he said was most Christians cannot remember what life was like apart from Christ. He said, but the world needs you to remember because the point is we need to learn how to speak the language, speak the language of the people that, that are outside of our walls. And, you know, the reality is probably many Christians, at least in my context, Adventists were raised in the church. And so they never were overtly apart from Christ. And so the idea that I might know how to speak to somebody who isn't walking with Christ is foreign to many people. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think the beauties and the crisis of the human experience are shared experiences, mm -hmm. and everybody knows how it feels when forgiveness takes place, where a new chance is given, and mm -hmm. that is the experience mm -hmm. of the gospel, basically, mm -hmm. yeah. irrespective of what that experience may be yeah. called, right? So we have a shared experience, and in that context, to, to share the story of, 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 of Jesus Christ, right, who in fact translated himself to us by right. becoming part of our community, right? Yeah, that's, incarnation. Yeah, that's through the incarnation. Yeah. And I think that, I think that models... Mm -hmm. uh, for us, what it means to embrace ourselves, to embrace others in the beauties and tragedies of our common human experience mm -hmm. and, and, and in going ways that, uh, that help us yeah. together as, yeah. as co-human beings. That's awesome. So last question I have for you. Um, so I'm traveling, let's say I'm traveling to Frankfurt next week and I'm walking down the street and I see a flyer 
literally, what do you guys got going on like next week? Let's just, as you know, as an example, what do you guys next week, the next two weeks, you have? What, what am I being drawn into? Yeah. So next thing we're starting this Wednesday is we're going to start reading the biblical stories. Mm -hmm. We had an, a narrative approach to the biblical stories some weeks ago. And uh, we are following up on that. And, and with those who are interested, we're going to enter into the biblical stories and read them together and explore them together. And um, the next thing that's going to come up is we're going to cook and eat Italian mm, food. That sounds and good. And get to know Italy's <laughs> kitchen better and enjoy ourselves. <laughs> that sounds good. I may make it over there for oh, that. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, yeah. Most yeah. welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Well, Simran, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, record an episode on my phone. This is a funny setup, but uh, it's been enjoyable. And we'll hopefully be able to keep track of your journey there in Frankfurt. So thanks for listening, everybody. Hope your, your mind has been challenged and stimulated and your imagination has been captured. And uh, we'll look forward to having you with us next time on Mission Lab. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.